Matthew uh, chapter 20. Fun one. Hard one. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early. It's kind of weird. Kingdom of heaven is like a landowner. Who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. And after agreeing with the workers on one denarius, he sent them into his vineyard for the day. And when he went out about nine in the morning, he saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. And he said to them, you also go into my vineyard and I'll give you whatever's right. So they went off. They went about noon and about three. He went out again, did the same thing. Then about five, he went and found others standing around. And, and he said to them, why have you been standing here all day doing nothing? And they said, because no one hired us. Well, he said, you also go into my vineyard. And then when evening came, the owner of the vineyard, if you haven't figured it out yet, the father told his foreman, the son, who's appointed to judge the living and the dead, call the workers, give them their pay, starting with the last and ending um, with the first. This is Leviticus 19, Deuteronomy 24. At the end of the day, the workers are paid according to the agreement. The foreman um, and the landowner are are just... um, So when those who were hired about five came, they each received one denarius. When the first ones came, they assumed they would get more. And what happens when you assume? Okay. All right. They also each received a denarius each. And when they received it, they began to complain to the landowner. These last men put in one hour and you made them equal to us who bore the burden of the day's work and the burning heat who bore the burden. And he replied to one of them, friend. Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Didn't you agree with me on a denarius? Take what's yours and go. And this is just wonderful. I want to give this last man the same as I gave you. (laughs) I want to. Don't I have a right to do with what is, do what I want with what is mine? Are you jealous because I'm generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. This is God's word. And so this section, this this story comes in the middle of one of Matthew's themes. Okay, so Matthew just kind of has themes and he puts them all out there big and then moves to the next one. And and this theme is sort of the theme of the whole whole Bible. Uh, But especially here, the theme is this, how and who will inherit eternal life? Okay, who who will live forever? How and who will be great in the coming age? And so this theme fills up chapters 18 um, through 20. So back to chapter 18, 18, four, whoever humbles himself like a child, this one is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Verses six through nine. If you don't cut out what's causing you to sin, you won't inherit the kingdom. Okay. If you don't respond later to the pleas of the believing community, right? Matthew 18, you won't inherit um, the kingdom. Matthew 21 through 25. If you don't forgive and, and show mercy to those who do repent, you won't inherit the kingdom, right? You see the theme? Like, who, who gets to inherit it? These kinds of people. Okay, so same theme then into 19, uh, 1912. We didn't preach this passage, but just cover it real quick here. 1912, it's eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom. Inherit it. Weird story. Uh, then again, children, 1914. Leave the little children alone. Don't try to keep them from coming to me because the kingdom of heaven belongs to these kind of people. Right? It's the same thing. And then 19 ends with Stoney's passage from last week. The rich young man says he wants to inherit eternal life, but he won't sell the farm and follow Jesus. And Jesus says it's hard for a rich man to what? 
enter the kingdom. Okay, but the disciples who have left everything and will inherit eternal life for in the renewal of all things when the son of man comes and sits on his glorious throne. You who have followed me will sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel and everyone who has left fathers and mothers and homes and everything else that we just sang about because of my name will receive a 100 times more and will Inherit eternal life, right? It's the same. So 18, 19, hammering the point. And then into our text today, 20, those who respond to the call to work will be paid at the end. And then after that, into next week's passage, 26 through 28, uh, James and John's uh, mom asked if her kids will be the... I just got the... I'm going to the principal's office to fight for my kid here kind of deal. Asks who will be the greatest and who will sit next to to Jesus in the kingdom. And Jesus says, whoever wants to become great must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So you see the theme? Who, how will be great and, and first and last in the kingdom? So Matthew is just pulling that thread all the way through, and then notice the language that he's using, 18 through 20, of first and last, and least and, and greatest. And, and in every instance that we've read, if your ears are tuned to what God loves, and your ears are tuned to what God honors, and what God upholds as good and right and just, they just fit. They, they, they make sense. These different stories fit with what God handed Moses at Sinai, right? Of course, little children will be humbled because God hates pompous arrogance. He's going to lift up the humble. Of course, those who deny themselves for the sake of the kingdom will be lifted up. God loves to be chosen over everything. Of course, the disciples who left everything will sit next to him in Jerusalem and govern the 12 tribes of Israel. God honors those Jewish men who left all to follow him, right? Like their names are written on the pillars. and like, Of course, and of course... Jesus is reserved the title as the greatest, right? Philippians 2, he humbled himself, assumed the form of a servant, and became obedient to death. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, and God will highly exalt him. All of those examples of first and last, least and greatest, divine reversal at the day of the Lord, they fit perfectly into the story of how God deals with humans, right? Like, you don't read those and go, well, that's strange that God treated them that way. You know, like it, it, it just fits. They don't cause us to blink or give us pause. So you read in 18, 19, 20, and they're all saying the same thing. And then you get to this parable and it's like, what? Yeah, that's different. This is a different kind of story than I read at 18 and 19 and at the end of, of 20. Because in all of the other first and last, least and greatest examples, the punishment fits the crime, Right. Like the believing community is calling you to repent, loving you, aiming to bring you back in, and you won't respond. Like, yeah, of course, you're out. You know, like, like the punishment fits, fits the crime. Little children who are humble, of course, they get lifted up. So the reward fits the work, the punishment fits the crime in all the stories except here. Here, Jesus is highlighting the difference in the reward that he doesn't do in the other stories. Here, the the point of the parable is the generosity of God. And the generosity of God is given to those who have worked for him, whether for a long time or for a very short time. The the, the generous landowner is going to pay them, okay? So it's different than the other stories. The point here isn't about the faithfulness of the workers like the other stories are. The point here is about the generous heart of the boss. Okay, 
Like that's what it's supposed to highlight. The reward is the same so long as you answer the call to work. As long as you respond to the master summons, you're rewarded. Why? In this story, because he wants to. <laughs> he he wants to reward. He, uh, Hebrews, he loves to reward those who seek him. He's not he's no miser. Like oh, I don't want to give this out. No, like he wants wants to get rid of it. Verse fourteen: Take what's yours and go. I want to give to this man the same as I gave to you. Okay, does that make sense? You've got all these punishment fits the crime, reward fits the work stories, and then this like just changing it all. So I think Jesus sandwiches this parable in the middle of all these other least greatest first last passages primarily uh, for this to curb pride and to curb self-righteousness in the disciples. Okay, because you guys know how the human heart works, right? You have a human heart. You know what that thing does. Okay. Okay. So imagine the scene from from last week, right? The first century Jewish Boy Scout. Okay, Um, he's kept the commandments. He he comes to Jesus in front of the disciples. Right. This is a public event. Every every gospel says everyone sees this and he's essentially turned away because he won't leave everything. Okay, so like you see this, you watch it. And then immediately after this, Jesus tells the twelve that they, in contrast to this guy who has just left Jesus all sad, they opposite him will sit on twelve thrones in Jerusalem because they did leave everything. Okay. Right? It's like mom spanking Nehemiah and giving me ice cream. All right? <laughs> what does that do to the human heart? It can do bad things. Right? It, it can puff you up a little bit. Oh, Nehemiah. <laughs> Look what I got. You know what I mean? Like it can do horrible things to the human heart. See, Nehemiah, I'm better than you. And I know it, right? Like the same kind of thing here. So, so the disciples, they see them send this guy away. And then Jesus say, you guys will be elevated in the age to come. They're going, oh, Boy Scouts not even getting in. And not only are we getting in, we're going to be sitting next to Jesus. And then next passage, but who's going to sit closest to Jesus? You know, like their hearts are wicked. Like it's just, it's just how it works. And so Jesus loving them, okay, and and knowing their hearts, knowing that pride and self-righteousness are getting their wicked hooks in their hearts. He tells this parable to curb that. Okay, to to bring it back, he says, so he says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning, hire workers for the vineyard. And they're like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. And they worked all day and they got paid the most. Right. And then Jesus says, no, those who worked all day got paid the same as those who showed up late. And then the disciples are like, huh. Right. Like it's it's a it's really simple mechanism. What what Jesus is doing, he's curbing the heart. He's not undoing all all of his teaching about reward in the age to come. He's not undoing uh, what Moses said. It's just that in this instance, he's got to deal with their hearts because their hearts are wicked. Right. And so hopefully it's dealing with our hearts this morning because our hearts are wicked. They want to do this thing where we look down and, and the parable is saying, stop that. Don't don't do that. So he tells them, yes, you guys will work the hardest, right? Would you agree the apostles pulled the heaviest plow thus far? Yeah, you guys are awesome, but, you know, they've pulled the plow the longest. He says, you guys will work the hardest. You will work the longest. You will die as martyrs. You will carry crosses and you will be rewarded. Absolutely. 100%. But I have great reward for anyone who shows up to work at all, even if it's late. 
Okay, meaning if you guys give it all now, which they did, right? Like Acts comes after this. If you guys give it away and give it all now, and that man that I just sent away sad turns and gives it all away later, you're all getting rewarded. Okay, which leads me to think that this parable is placed here because I, optimistically, I think the rich young ruler repented. Okay. I think, I think Jesus said a hard word to him, looking at him, loved him. He went away sad. And maybe later in Acts, he said, you know what? He is worth everything. He is worth selling all I have to follow him. And he turns later, but he gets rewarded the same. So I think that the parable applies to this immediate situation as it concerns the disciples and the rich young man. You guys came out to work at the start of the day. I said, follow me. You dropped everything and I promised you payment and you'll get it. Twelve thrones in the age to come. But if that rich young ruler shows up at the end of the day, don't begrudge my generosity. Rejoice. Be happy that the guy is not sad anymore, but has left everything um, to follow me. Does that make sense? Okay. I think, I think that's what's going on here. That's the immediate picture. But then I think there's some stuff that has to do with the covenant going on here. Okay. And that's like saying water's wet, right? Because the whole Bible has to do with the covenant, right? You can't. It is what the Bible is. I think this story has to do with God's order of priority in the covenant. Okay, so if I lose you for the next five minutes, don't worry about it. I'd love to talk to you. Uh, like this is stuff you don't think about all, all the time um, growing up evangelical. Okay, so just hang with me. The reason I think this parable has to do with the covenant is the reasoning for the anger That's in the early workers. So verse 9. When those who were hired about five came, they each received one denarius. So when the first ones came, they assumed they would get more. Okay? They weren't told they'd get more. Right? The the foreman is just. He's not a weasel. He's not a liar. They weren't told they would get more. It was clear. Work for me all day. One day's wages. Okay? When they received it, exactly what was promised to them, they began to complain to the landowner. They get what they were promised. And... And then they complain. Why? Verse 12. These last men, they put in one hour. They've been working as long as we have. And you made them equal to us who bore the burden of the day's work and the burning heat. Okay? So I think this is a picture of how God's election of Abraham's family is supposed to play out. Right? God elects one nation, one family, one people to bless all of y'all. Right? Right. All, all of the nations. Genesis 12 and Abram, Abram and you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Isaiah 49. I will make you, Israel, a light for the nations that my salvation may reach. Just Israel. The ends of the earth. Right. The, 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 the whole earth. Romans 3, 12. This is hilarious. This is in our Bibles. Romans 3. What advantage has the Jew? What, what advantage is there to circumcision? You know what our knee jerk is? Well, nothing. You know what Paul says? Much in every way. What advantage has the Jew? A lot, man. Right? A, a lot. To begin with, the Jews were entrusted with the oracles of God. Romans 9. They are the Israelites. To them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the temple service, and the promises. So, like, this is how it's supposed to work. Israel understands their call as the firstborn son, the firstborn nation, as a massive privilege. Okay? It is an honor to, to work on behalf of of, of the father, okay? My parents uh, have a will, I'm assuming, right? You guys have this stuff figured out, okay? I'm not in charge of it. Who's in charge of, of distributing that thing? Reagan, because Reagan can do math, 
Okay? <laughs> and Reagan, because Reagan's the oldest. It is the privilege and the honor of the older brother to work on behalf of the father for the sake of the other brothers. And, right? Like, this is just how um, stuff works. So, but it's also work, right? It's also work to distribute what the father has given. So being the firstborn comes not just with privilege, but also with burden, right? And so what do they say? We who bore the burden of the day's work and the, and, and the burning heat. That's why they're complaining. We worked the hardest. We worked out in the sun all day long. And these Johnny-come-latelys are getting it, getting the same, okay? So being God's chosen, being God's firstborn on behalf of the Father for the sake of the world has been, is, and will be work for the Jewish people, okay? And they've done the hard work. They, they've worn that yoke of, of election, Acts fifteen ten, with its blessings and with its cursing, right? You know, like like replacement theology, like the church wants to say we're Israel and, and, and whatever. You, you want 70 AD for yourself? You want the Holocaust for yourself? Right? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's not just blessings. You, you got to take it all. They've borne the, the blessing and cursing, the scattering and the gathering. And they've been at it longer than anyone. But now in this story, verse 12, these last men, Gentiles, put in one hour. And you made them equal to us who bore the burden of the day's work and the burning heat. You know what else this story is? This is Luke 15. We call it the prodigal son, right? The younger brother runs off and makes a mess of things, chasing money and hoochie mamas. And one stays home and works, right? One works. One's not working. One shows up late. What happens? You know what I mean? It's the same thing. And with repentant, repentance and faith... Both older brother and younger brother have access to the father's inheritance, right? What's the father say to the older brother? Like, like, all I have is yours. You know what I mean? The father's got enough. All all I have is yours. So this parable, I think, shows that those late to the party, right? The other nations, the Gentiles, the younger brother will receive the same blessing for repentance and faith as the older. Okay? Okay. You, you, you younger brothers who come home in repentance and come to yourself and say, even my father's servants are not eating with, with pigs. You, you, you get reward. It, it's the same bit. And so this, I, this is what's going on in the first century. Okay, like this isn't like always been this way. But in the first century, from, from the moment God elects Abraham, this is how the story is supposed to play out. The problem is this is not the general sentiment in Jesus' day. Okay, the, the, the general tone in, in some Jewish sects was that even the God-fearing Gentiles would not inherit eternal life. So you guys like Cornelius, God-fearer, right? he's a Gentile, he's meeting in the, in the synagogue and hearing the Torah and all, all this stuff. There's some groups that are like, nope, they, even they won't inherit eternal life. So this is why there's such a shock, Acts chapter 10, when Cornelius receives the Spirit, right? It's like a big deal to, to them. So Acts 10.45 the circumcised believers, Jewish people, okay. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. You know, there's like, you know, like I, I've said this before. I think like if, if I, I don't know how it works, but if, if Paul could look down on the earth right now and see all of these Gentile congregations worshiping Israel's God, he'd be like, man. 
Didn't see that coming, you know. (laughs) Okay. It says, even on the Gentiles. So evidently, in the first century, there's some animosity between older brother and younger brother. And in this parable, Jesus is just reinforcing what the law and the prophet says, that Israel will serve, as the older, will serve the younger. Will will work longer than them and and receive the the same reward. They will walk in their calling, both in its privilege, what advantage has the Jew, much in every way, and its burden. Okay. Cursing and and blessing. And so therefore, Jesus has to curb this now because these 12, 11, right? One doesn't make it if you didn't know, okay? These 11 pillars of that early movement, it's very important that they respond to that Gentile harvest rightly and not like the laborers in this parable, Right? Like, it's, if, if these are your 12 pillars that you're going to say and go, go school the Gentiles, go make disciples of all the Gentiles, it's kind of important they understand that Gentiles will get rewarded too, even though they haven't worked as... You know what I mean? Like, I, so I think this is Jesus just using common sense. If these are my guys, it's really important. They know how this thing is going to work out and how it's going to play. They're going to walk in their calling to bear the burden so that latecomers can get paid too, which is you guys. Late to the party, right? This is the deal. So, okay, if that was confusing, sorry, I just couldn't get it out of my head this week. Like, I think this is the covenant. I think this is what's going on. So, for, for application, which pretty easy application for this parable, right? You don't need an MDiv to understand what we should do with this, right? First, to those who've been working all day. Second, to those who showed up late. And then to those of us that might not be working yet, Okay. So first to you who have been working all day, two, two believers, two members of Christian Life Church and First Baptist Church, to you too, okay? If you've been working in the vineyard all day, bless God, you're going to get paid exactly what he's promised, okay? Exactly what he's promised. You get the gift of the Spirit now and a resurrected body in a world without end then. Praise God. You get exactly, I mean, you... You will not feel cheated on that day, right? These guys get their denarius and they start complaining. Uh Uh-uh, that won't be the case. (laughs) You will get your reward and you will rejoice. You will get what is right. So first instruction to those of you who've been working all day is don't begrudge God's generosity. Rejoice that God is generous. Verse 13, he replied to them, friend, friend. They're complaining and he calls them friends. Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Didn't you agree with me on a denarius? This was the deal, right? This is what we said. Take what's yours and go. I want to give this last man the same as I gave you. Don't I have a right to do what what I want with what is mine? Are you jealous because I'm generous? So you guys have been working all day. Don't begrudge God's generosity when latecomers show up. Okay? Uh, So I I believe the Lord is going to add to our number. Okay? Like, we we didn't build that building to not put people inside of it. Right? Yeah, I believe the Lord is going to add to our number, not not from primarily church transfer, but from new believers. Okay? Like, I'm expecting sinners to turn to the Lord and be saved. Right? Like, that's, that's my plan. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here. You know? Okay? And it is the job of, of, of those of us who have worked all day. Our job is to welcome them in, right? And, and to rejoice that the same mercy that God has shown us, he has shown them. And they've responded to the call and come in. And so when the other sons come home from eating with the pigs, we join the father in the welcome party, okay? 
And, and Reese and Sean, you guys are cheap smokers, right? You guys will take care of the meats, right? Like this, this is our, our response. Don't begrudge God's generosity when people who don't know anything about Jesus turn to Jesus and they're weird and smell and stuff, okay? We smell too, but I'm just, you know what I mean? We're going to welcome them in. Second, don't worry about the rewards that others are getting. Just follow Jesus and let him decide that stuff. Right. He says, I will give you what is right. I will do what is right. So John 21, kind of a funny, I mean, kind of a morbid story, but kind of a funny story. Uh, Jesus tells Peter what kind of death Peter would would die to glorify God. OK, so th- there's a there's a, a, a big Jewish backstory here to, to martyrdom and, and reward. And so Peter has both the agony of crucifixion in his mind here and the glory of of, of that would follow that, okay? Uh, so he told Peter what kind of death would glorify God. After saying this, he told Peter, follow me. Verse 20, Peter turned around and saw the disciple Jesus loved following them, John. And when Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, well, Lord, what about him? <laughs> this is the kind of death I'm going to die to glorify God. What, what, what about John, right? What, what, what's he going to get? Verse 22, Jesus answered, if I want him to remain until I come, what's it to you? <laughs> As for you, Peter, follow me. Right? He repeats it. He says, this is the kind of death you're going to die to glorify me. Follow me. What about John? Peter, shut up. Follow me. Right? Same kind of deal. Don't worry about John. Don't worry about, you know, his end. You stay on the path and worry about yourself. I'll give what is right to you and I'll give what is right to John. For I have the right to do with what is mine, do what I want with what is mine, right? Like it's, it's the same deal. So you who have been working all day, keep working. Okay. Finish the race. Okay. Show, show us under forties how to finish this thing. Okay. We need to see it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And our kids need to see it. And our grandkids need to see that you can finish the race. Okay. Second to latecomers. Right, you've just started following Jesus. The application to you is just welcome. We're glad you're here. <laughs> okay, you haven't been given a Holy Spirit with training wheels. If you're late to the party, the same Spirit that lives in our all-day workers. Okay, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like what? When we baptized Laney two years ago, did she get baptized in the dolphin pool? Was that her? Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. So uh, we baptized Laney, recognized her as a believer. Laney has the same Holy Spirit that lives in Joe. And Joe's pretty old, right? You're pretty old. And and same Holy Spirit, though. You know what I mean? So to people who are late to the party, welcome. Okay, you're a full worker in the field with a full reward waiting for you. Okay, so no second class believers in our midst, whether you've been working for three weeks or three three decades. Welcome, okay? And then lastly, to those who are not yet working, okay? To you, if you're not yet working, the master is still coming to the marketplace looking for laborers, okay? He's still showing up. Because you always need more help, right? You could always use extra hands. And so the application for you, if you're not yet working today, is to answer the call. When the master says, I need, I need workers in my field, which means this, to put your hope in Jesus' cross for your sins and repent. 
to put your hope for resurrection, put your hope for resurrection in Jesus' resurrection, and then put your hand to the plow and work. Doesn't matter if you haven't worked a day in your life, the worker who answers the call at the 11th hour will receive a reward. Okay? It's not ideal. Prefer to you, you'd prefer to work all day too, but if you're showing up late, show up. Amanda, would you come help us? Please. Luke 23. We should just put a smile on all of our faces. One of the criminals who, who was hanged there next to Jesus was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save, save yourself and us. But the other answered, rebuking him, said, Do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And indeed, we are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man, pointing at Jesus, this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. Verse 43. And Jesus said to this guy, 11th hour, showed up late. Truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. 11th hour. Okay. So if you're not yet working, you can start. The, the master's coming to the marketplace. Going out, inviting people to a wedding. You will be with me today in paradise. So if you don't know what it means to answer the call to work in the field, um, and you're sitting next to a member of our church, they can tell you what it means to repent and trust in Jesus. They can tell you what it means to put your hope for eternal life in Jesus. And they can help you actually practically follow him like tomorrow. Okay? Um, Or you can talk to me or any of of our elders. Okay? So, uh, all day workers, you rock. Keep working. Okay? Keep working. Don't quit. Guys that are late to the party, welcome. You haven't started working yet. Repent. Okay? Today, thief on the cross, insurrectionist on the cross, repent. Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, your, your generosity. God, thank you for calling uh, workers who are unqualified to work into your field. Thank you for uh, giving us the spirit to help us in our work. God, I I ask you for um, the hearts of those of us who have been working all day that we would not be mad about your generosity to latecomers, but we would rejoice. And when sons and younger brothers come home, God, we we would rejoice and join in the party. In the name of Jesus, everyone said, amen. Amen. So our elders will be at at the front. Um, Come and pray with an elder. If you're not praying with an elder, pray in your seat. If you feel like you need to go pray with someone else, go do that. Okay, don't you're not locked in your pew. You can go pray now. Um, Let's do that.